You know, I was thinking about trying to come up with this really fancy intro to this week's trade show guy, Monday morning coffee, some sort of clever thing to say, but, uh, you know, frankly, I just didn't have it in me. It's been such a nice day. I've been sort of relaxing today uh, in the backyard. It's spring in Oregon. I love spring in Oregon. It's the best place to be. Summer is a great place to be in Oregon. Fall, Oregon is a great place to be. And winter, of course, is my favorite because I ski a lot. So, <laughs> Hey, it's Tim Patterson. This is Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. And I got a, a cool interview to share with you today. Um, if we can, you know, get past all the blowers and airplanes that are flying over and the trains that go by uh, about a block away. Okay, it's actually less than a block, but uh, they go by a lot here. Anyway, uh, Phil Gorski out of Vancouver, which is, he's just straight up I-5. Got a company that started doing uh, 3D virtual tours of homes, nice homes, real estate. And then some connection of his said, you know, you should come do that to my trade show booth. And that led to a, a interesting conversation. He has an interesting side story as well that kind of led him to make this decision in his life to, to do this. But we'll uh, let him share that as well. So uh, Phil Gorski on this week's Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. I want to welcome Phil Gorski to the Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Phil's uh, with Oveny Productions, and you're the owner. Is that is that correct, Phil? That's right, Tim. Thanks for having me. Well, we somehow connected online. You know, I, I've lost a little of the detail in there, but I'm glad we made the connection. You're just up I-5 for me, as I understand it. I'm in Salem, Oregon. You're just up in Vancouver. Is that correct? Right across the bridge, right here in Vancouver, correct. Uh, Vancouver, USA. Vancouver, USA. Still part of the Portland metro area in a sense, but uh, unique to its own. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about Oveni Productions and what, what you do. The company's pretty new, as I understand it. That's correct. Um, I actually uh, started this company about three years ago. Uh, I spent a career in high tech, mostly software sales. The last stop was with IBM selling business software. And unfortunately, I found out that I had an autoimmune liver disease, which set me down pretty hard. I uh, was uh, on the transplant list for about four and a half years. And it got a little scary. And during that time, I realized that although IBM, a great company, a great career, um, I wasn't truly passionate about it. And I felt that if I survive this thing, I'm going to do something um, that I could really enjoy and get into and be passionate about. And I stumbled across uh, this uh, 3D virtual tour technology, actually, while I was in recovery. Did a lot of research on, on the technology, found it incredibly fascinating, um, and I decided uh, that this would be a good thing I could, I could do uh, on my own. Start off very slow, uh, when my health would allow me, and uh, slowly try to grow a business. And that, that was the genesis. That's how it started. You talk about what something passionate to, what, what, it is, what I was just thinking, you know, you said you stumbled across this while you were in recovery. I'm thinking, you know, if it was something I was passionate about, I'd be in a rock band or something. You know? Well, I'm a, I'm a gadget geek at heart. Let me put it that way. I've, oh, well, see, that's the passion. Passion was already there. So Yeah, I've, uh, in the past, I've done things, uh, little side projects and fun things with video and photography. And, and plus, we have a number of uh, rental properties. And that's kind of where this played in because when I first, as I said, stumbled across this, uh, reading uh, an article on Crunch, one of the many... Uh, online subscriptions I have to uh, where the geeks hang out. Right. Um, <clears throat> it it uh, the headline of the of the article read that this company that's the proprietary uh, manufacturer of this scanning technology 
was going to change the way that real estate was bought and sold. And that caught my eye because like I said, we, we have a number of rental properties and I'm always looking and it's always been a little bit of a, a little bit of a pet peeve, um, trying to shop online and get a real sense of the place. Um, over, over touched up Photoshop, um, interestingly framed photos of a space and no real idea of how the home was laid out. So when I was able to literally, or virtually I should say, uh, walk through a space and their online examples, yeah, I got really excited. I saw there was applications specifically in real estate for sure, uh, but then I soon realized that there was opportunities uh, beyond. So, so when you go to a house, for instance, let's stay there for the time. You go through uh, probably every room, and you and you take pictures, or however this technology works. You you capture all this uh, photographic data and, and the layout of the home, and then uh, someone's online. They can go take a look and kind of zoom through at their own pace, uh, at their own direction, and and see what the house is like. Is that is that pretty good? That, that's pretty much it. Uh, actually, it's it's considered a scanner uh, because as you described, as you walk through and as I'm capturing the data, uh, these scan points uh, when it's rendered after the fact uh, actually uh, more or less talk to each other. They, they integrate to each other. So there's that uh, connection. So that allows you as a viewer online to walk, literally walk through and you, uh, the camera has, um, I should show it to you. The camera has uh, nine lenses and it shoots um, at various angles and it, it does a 360 scan and is connected um, Wi-Fi to a, uh, uh, an app on the iPad. Um, and so the, the uh, end result is this immersive walkthrough experience as if you were there. And what really adds to it is the ability to uh, provide a floor plan view because within the scan, you can click a button and view it from a floor plan view top down and we can label the rooms in the floor plan view so you know exactly what you're looking at. There's also a bunch of other features we could talk about that really make this walkthrough experience more than just visual. Well, I'm curious to know uh, from, from our initial conversation a couple of days ago, the idea of doing a, a larger trade show booth and doing a walkthrough was not something you came up with. Is that, is that correct? That's, that's accurate. I was uh, going down the path of, um, of real estate and a friend of mine, uh, who's in the uh, consumer electronics space, uh, asked me if I would go to a trade show and scan his booth. And he's a friend. I said, sure, but I didn't get it. It didn't register right away. But uh, when he broke it down pretty quickly and succinctly, he said, uh, he goes, I'm a medium-sized company. Our booth is about 1,000 square feet. Um, my total all-in cost for the show is going to be about $100,000. And the show lasts for three days. The hall is open for 25 hours. So just running the numbers really quickly, that's $4,000 an hour for people to walk through his show, his booth. Right. And he thought that that was a big expense and he wanted to leverage that and get more than 25 hours. And so he figured that if we could create this virtual tour, he could use all kinds of different ways to, um, get exposure beyond the show. So how long ago was that? I'm just curious. Is that very recently or within the last, I mean, you started the company three years ago, so it hasn't been that long ago, but I'm curious if that was a year or two ago. It was in uh, September of 17. 17 so it was at the Cedia show. Two years. Okay. The Cedia show in San Diego. And you've done more than one. Is that uh, correct? 
yeah, I've, I've thought that that made a lot of sense and uh, it's been uh, slow growth. Um, it's, uh, but I have, I've done um, about five different shows, about 20 different booths. And the good news is everyone that I've shot the year before has asked me back to shoot again. So, um, so they use these, uh, do they put them online for people to look at? Are they, are they private? Are they public? Uh, is it different from, from company to company? How do they, how do they kind of put that out there? Um, most of them use it for the same reason. Um, I provide them um, embedded codes if they want to put it on a website or just purely a link that they can use and share any way they want, whether it be social media and their newsletter and any kind of campaigns. Um, and they're using it for, for various reasons. Primarily, they're just trying to leverage or extend this large investment that they've made. Um, we've all been to trade shows. Um, you usually don't get to spend uh, as much time in a booth as maybe you want, or you just miss some altogether that you really had intentions of seeing. Um, so this is a great way for them to uh, give someone that trade show experience that either one, uh, didn't get to spend enough time, didn't stop by, maybe couldn't even make the show at all. And now they can go back. Other, other examples um, that my clients tell me is, they also use it for uh, internal training. If they have an inside sales team, they, those folks generally don't get invited to a show. Uh, the marketing folks that put all the effort into creating the show in the booth, they sometimes, not the entire team will be there. Um, an, a, uh, another benefit that I didn't see coming was, uh, a couple of the uh, larger companies said that they used to uh, have regular meetings uh, planning next year's show or future shows, and they would just look at a series. They would have a conference call or maybe a WebEx like we are, and they would have a, uh, a series of photos, and they would talk about how they might change things, or they're talking with their booth vendor about making changes, and it's all based on photos. But now this opens up an opportunity, and they, they say they use it uh, on a regular basis when they're talking about future projects. That's so really that interesting. It just, you know, because uh, I've never seen anything quite like this before. Yeah, you're right. Uh, people spend tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars to set up a booth that's there for three or four days, open for, you know, you do the math, 25 hours, whatever the number is, and then it's gone till next year. And often things change. Not only does it give you a chance to kind of use the booth again in a sense at, at different places, but it's an archival thing as well because they can look back two, three, four years and say, this is what we did then uh, in great detail as opposed to just uh, a lot of photographs. And then we, we want to change and, and there's what we did two years later and that sort of thing. I can just see all sorts of interesting uh, applications for this that uh, once, once we uh, talked, I got to thinking about how that might fold out for these people. I'd be curious as time goes on, what you hear from these uh, clients of yours, how, what they're getting out of it, maybe what they're discovering about uh, the initial process of doing it and, you know, some, some things that they hadn't intended on as well. Have, have you, and there's a lot of that happening. Um, yeah. Oftentimes, um, some folks just did it because of the cool factor. This is unique. It's different. It's, um, you know, it's cutting edge. And it's an experience that we can share with, with uh, our customer base and trying to attract more attention for our, our company. Um, but then a lot of these unforeseen benefits started trickling and, and was getting the feedback from. And that's when I said, geez, I'm, this might be something. Um, and so I'm putting a little more effort into it. Um, I've uh, actually, now I'm part of a, a worldwide group of folks that are in the same category of scanners. So I have a, uh, literally a worldwide, about 150 
uh, folks like me that are all vetted. We're all part of the same team, so I can basically cover any trade show uh, on the planet, effectively. Well, given you're going through these larger booths and doing 3D virtual tours of that, do you think that there's a booth that's too small for that, like a simple inline 10 by 10 or 10 by 20? Is that too small? Do you think you need something that's got more... Uh, depth to it, 20 by 20, which would be 400 square feet, a 40 by 40 is 1,600 square feet. You said the one you did was about 1,000 square feet. Do you think there's something yeah. too small to make this worth worth the time? Well, um, that's a tough call. It, I think it just kind of depends what's taking place inside the booth. Mm -hmm. um, this obviously excuse me, plays very well to um, a larger booth with uh, products, um, as opposed to maybe a service, a software service company would just have monitors. Um, but yeah, for, for a smaller one, yeah, the, the, the walkthrough experience of a 10 by 10 isn't going to be there. But the other part that I, I touched on earlier, and I'll expand on a little, is the features that are part of this tour. It's not just the walkthrough itself. There's a, there's a handful of things that we can do while you're walking through that really take it to the next level. Uh, we can provide these little uh, informational tags. And if we show an example, or if you go to my website with an example, you can just click on these little tags and they'll, they'll pop up information like in a little window. And in that window, I work real closely with the clients to determine what we're gonna put in there. Like obviously if it's next to a product, it would pop up and we could have some text saying, this is the ABC123 model. And then there's additional text. We can also embed in there, within that tag, a link maybe back to the website to learn more. Um, we can put in a PDF, maybe a spec sheet or an overview sheet. We can even embed a um, photo if you wanted to get uh, a high-res full-screen image to pop up, even more granularity, or uh, embed a video clip if they're produced, or we could produce a video clip, and it'll play right inside the tour. It won't take you outside. It's literally embedded. So as you're walking through, um, and a lot of the vendors do this, they'll welcome you to their booth with a little video they'll tell you what to look out for etc so it's if that it's makes like, it really uh, you know if you go to some places that have, have augmented reality you can hold up your your phone and look around and, and things will pop up that you see that aren't there but you can see them there it's kind of like you're augmenting the the 3d virtual reality in a sense it's, it's really cool it is it's really neat and again it, it gives the uh the client um full control, what the, their messaging, what do they want to say, what do they want to highlight, how do they want to share this information, what maybe their calls to action are. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely unique. And not only does it extend the life of it in a sense, uh, you know, in, in, as, as an archival as well as uh, help marketing, uh, it's something that, you know, after all the money, they, the huge money they spent to do it in, in actual reality <laughs> versus a virtual reality, the cost of doing the virtual reality is probably pretty minimal compared to the the large cost of doing the show. So it's, a, it's kind of a small add-on in a sense. Um, it's in the one to 2% range. Yeah. Um, Matt, no more than that. I'd say definitely safe to say under 2% of your, your cost for gotcha. sure. Well, cool, Phil. Uh, so where can people find you uh, online? I know you guys have a Facebook page and a website. Yeah, uh, the company is, is Ova Knee Productions. It's O-V-A-N-E-E productions.com. Um, there's a lot of good information. We have a tab specifically for trade shows with a lot of examples of big and small booths from a thousand square feet to 12,000 square feet. So we can well, cover it all. We'll make sure we uh, put links to that on the uh, show notes. So Phil, it's been great 
learning more about the 3D virtual. I'm going to have to learn more about this myself and, and maybe uh, direct some folks to you. That'd be great. Thanks again, <laughs> Phil. For, for hey, thank you. And thanks again to Phil for joining me on this week's Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Really a pleasure to uh, have him here for this week's episode. I uh, want to give you this week's Trade Show Tip of the Week. And it comes from uh, one of my books, the second one, Trade Show Superheroes and Exhibiting Zombies. Uh, Ten things to put in a one-minute trade show teaser video. Let's say you're going to do a teaser video for your show and pop it up on YouTube and Instagram or wherever. Want to do a little production on it, maybe a little editing, a little writing, but you don't want to get too fancy and all that. So here's some things to think about when you're doing this quick little video. Just a kind of a teaser video, get people interested in coming by your booth. Uh, number one, know who you're talking to. Who is your audience? What are you trying to say to them? Uh, who's your intended audience? Are they ill-informed? Are they well-informed? You know, how much do you need to tell them? All right, so are they familiar with the show? Always good things to know. Number two, pick a single topic. Don't try and jam too much in there. You got one product you're gonna debut and you're gonna talk about, maybe you got 20 products, just talk about the one in this particular video. So make it very, very simple. Uh, number three, if you're gonna be on camera, rehearse your presentation a few times, but you know, don't overdo it. We're human, we make mistakes. We're not you know, highly paid actors that have green screens and crews and microphone booms and all that stuff. We just wanna do a quick little video. So. Uh, Rehearse it a couple times, but again, don't overdo it. Number four, fancy production or not, generally no, or really no need for a fancy production. Now, if you're a service company or a, such a, as a dentist or accountant, just be real and, and show people who you are. If your company is a high-end video production company, you should probably do some high-end video production, otherwise uh, not necessary. Uh, number five is authenticity. Want to impress people? Don't try and be someone that you're not. Uh, show who you really are, your authentic self, and let that come through. Number six, don't waste time. You have one minute worth of stuff to tell people, don't take three minutes to do it. People only want to watch the one minute that you have. Don't lead up to it with a lot of big stuff. Get to the point and get done. Get out of there. Uh, number seven, don't do a hard sell like a lot of those old late night TV ads you used to see when you were a kid. Bang, 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 wake up, wake up, come down and buy right now. No, don't do something like that, unless you're going to like do it really camp, you know. <laughs> but uh, just talk conversationally. This goes back to being authentic. Number eight, solve a problem. You got a product that solves a problem. Otherwise, why people, why would they buy it? You know, whatever it is, your product, your service, solve a problem. Explain something about what your product can do. So solve that problem. Uh, number eight, put subtitles in there because this can really increase response. I, I don't have any evidence to support that, but it just makes sense to me. So, uh, at number 10, put a smile in your voice. Uh, one of the first and best learned, uh, lessons I learned uh, in my younger days in radio was smile when you're talking into the microphone. All right? It comes across. It really does. All right, let's wrap it up with one good thing. I'm about halfway through this book by uh, Haruki Murakami called Killing Commendator. I think that's how it's pronounced. Maybe it's Commendatory. Uh, it's a long book. It's like, what, 600 pages, 700 pages? 673. Uh, it's a great book. It's fun. It's, uh, his writing is really terrific. Uh, one of the most famous Japanese writers. All of his stuff gets translated to several languages. I'm reading the English version because that's the language I'm familiar with most. Uh, so I think you'll like this. Uh, if you like stuff that just kind of is daydreamy, uh, it focuses on one person and his story. It's told in the first person narrative. But a lot of Unusual things happen along the way. Fascinating stuff. It's called uh, Killing Commendator Haruki Murakami. This week's one good thing. Have yourself 
a great week and I love to have you come up and catch me next time. Share it with a friend and leave a review.